the nightcap on a Friday night, hour two. That's Jeff Parles, no-hitter Parles, and I am Tim Murray. What a night we are having, uh, we might have here uh, in the world of baseball with the Lakers and the Blazers, with the Jazz and the Nuggets, and with the Knicks and the Suns. I really didn't think the odds were high that we'd be opening up one of our hours uh, with a with a baseball score, but here we are. Uh, you got to do two of them, Tim. Yeah, uh, give us get us updated. We got Reds and Indians, and uh, we got what Sean Maniah with the A's as well. Yeah, we'll we'll start in Cleveland because this is the more you got to get your eyeballs there. This was nothing, nothing through eight innings. So Wade Miley no hitter through eight. Cincinnati against uh, against Emmanuel Class, who's been unbelievably good this year, gave up three runs. And Cincinnati up 3 nothing with two outs in the top of the ninth. And Wade Miley three outs away from another no-hitter. Uh, that would be, <laughs> it would be five already. Uh, if it, five if we're counting Bumgarner? Or five four? if we're counting Yeah, Bumgarner. five if we're counting Bumgarner. Had... Four for the, the full nine-inning games. And then in, in the East Bay, that I, w- I was not aware of this one until I saw it on Twitter, Sean Manaya. This one actually has potential to go along with the dominance of the other, of the Musgrove one and the one we saw with Means on Wednesday. Manaya for Oakland, six innings, eight strikeouts, no base runners, 58 pitches. Wow. So sheer dominance so far. The only problem in that game is it's nothing-nothing through six. And it was nothing-nothing in the Indians and Reds until the ninth, and the Reds have been able to tack on three runs and might – might add another. They have men on first with two outs. Um, this from ESPN Stats and Information. John Means' no-hitter was two days ago. Mm-hmm. That would uh, If Wade Miley finishes this out and, and throws a no-hitter, it would be the shortest span between no-hitters since June 29, 1990, when Dave Stewart and Fernando Valenzuela threw no-hitters on the same day. So... Uh, we will see. We've got two chances at no-hitters here this evening with, as you mentioned, Sean Manaya right now uh, doing what he's doing, perfect through, what, six? And Wade Miley, we are heading to the bottom of the ninth, so we will have uh, we will be keeping tabs on that uh, here in this, uh, in this hour if we get another no-hitter. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've certainly discussed, Jeff, how Poorly hitters are hitting this year, uh, but it, it just kind of takes it to another level when we, we're looking at, you know, in my opinion, our fifth no hitter of the season. Uh, we could get could, could get to six. Yeah, two. We could get. It could be like uh, again. I hate bringing this up because it involved my alma mater, but this would basically be the equivalent of when Norfolk took out Mizzou as a 15 seed, and legitimately and two and a half hours later, CJ McCollum and Lehigh took out Duke as a 15 seed. Good That's trans- what we're looking at right now. Good transition because CJ yes. McCollum and the Blazers uh, up six right now. So let's uh, let's have that fight, Lakers. Just fight around and keep it close. I took eight with the Lakers, closed seven and a half in most spots. You could have found an eight out there uh, if you like the Lakers last minute. I believe William Hill was still at eight at closing time. Uh, but right now it is Portland 42, Lakers 36, 628 to go. In the second quarter, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, a team that you never want to say it was good news that they received 
Uh, but with the news of Zion Williamson uh, being out indefinitely with the uh, with the broken finger, uh, the Pelicans did lose, put up a hell of a fight against the Philadelphia 76ers earlier today as an 11.5-point underdog. But the San Antonio Spurs made a, a slight, uh, slight relief. But you have to remember, and the Spurs right now up by two, uh, three over Sacramento in the closing seconds of the first half. San Antonio has the second toughest schedule remaining in the NBA. Uh, Their easiest opponent is tonight. After tonight, Phoenix twice, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Portland, and the Knicks. It is going to be a challenge. Yeah, that's not uh, not what you want. Also, not what you want for this uh, in-game over that I have in San Antonio, Sacramento. We're only at, uh, we're only at 101 points. I need two, four, two 14 and a half in the second half now. Or right. one fourteen and a half, I should say. It's a Friday. Might get a no-hitter. Might get two. Keep it here. It's a nightcap. Nightcap here on VEASAN. Jeff Parles to my left, Tim Murray with you, and uh, we are keeping our eye. We are in the bottom of the ninth. Jeff, you're on no-hitter watch here, so I want one eye over there. Got it. And, I'm there. Uh, we, will, we will try to maneuver and, uh, and make some quality, uh, quality radio uh, slash television here uh, as we keep our eye on, uh, on a lot going on on a Friday night. What do we got? One quick update in Oakland. So Manaya was perfect through six. The perfecto is gone. Lead off walk in the seventh, but the no-hitter is still intact for Sean Manaya. Wade Miley has retired the first out in the ninth inning in Cleveland, facing Cesar Hernandez right now, striking out Cesar Hernandez, two down in the bottom of the ninth. Wade Miley and out away from a no-hitter. Jordan Luplo stands in his way. Luplo has had a dreadful season, uh, hitting 174, but usually pretty good against left-handed pitching, so... We'll see. Again, this is uh, Wade Miley throwing a no-hitter. I mean, come on now if this happens. Wow. This would be the second no-hitter in three days uh, if it comes home here for Wade Miley and the Cincinnati Reds. So our eyes are, are glued on, uh, on the Reds and Indians game here. Um, and I, I do want to get into some, some NBA discussion or some NFL discussion, um, but uh, for the time being – we just got to keep our eyes on on what's going on with, uh, I would say unlikely, but folks, it, it's, it's I'm on the desk. It's insane. I mean, <laughs> if Jeff is here, we are we are getting no hitters. Uh, this, you know, it's May seventh. We might be getting our fourth and fifth complete game nine inning no hitter weekly to short. Tim, he's got it. There it is. Wade Miley, a no hitter. Oh my goodness! Again, that's uh, that's four now. Four nine-inning no-hitters, throwing Bumgarner's seven-inning one. You have five. It's not even May 10th, and we may have another tonight. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Second, Reds win 3 nothing. Second no-hitter of this week, the, uh, the 309th no-hitter uh, in Major League Baseball history, and he joins Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, John Means for nine-inning no-hitters this year. And then if you include uh, the Madison Bumgarner seven-inning affair, which I do, but the record books will show that it did not count uh, as a nine-inning no-hitter. That is our fifth no-hitter. Folks, it's May 7th.
That is also the 17th no-hitter in Reds history, Tim. So a lot in that franchise's history. Granted, they've been playing baseball longer than any other franchise in North America. The first one since, Tim, Homer Bailey in 2013 against the San Francisco Giants. Remember, Bailey had two in six months. He had one in September of yep. 2012, and then he had one in 2013 when Bailey was, was still good when he was with the Reds. So, wow. So we got another one. We'll keep an eye on Manaya. Um, there is a man on. Uh, deep fly to right. Fortunate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I believe the no-hitter is still intact in Oakland. Yes, the no-hitter is still alive. The uh, perfecto is gone. A leadoff walk in the seventh. Uh, destroyed that. But again, uh, we get we get two in, two in one night, Tim. That's just ridiculous. You said... Uh, on Wednesday, I gave you odds over under six no hitters this year, and I said over. You said push. I push. I said, push. said push. That's push. right. That's right. Would you like to? Uh, would you like to <laughs> change your mind? Well, I mean, if we get a second one tonight, then I would say that it's going to go over, Tim. So Wade Miley gets the no hitter, three nothing win for the Cincinnati Reds, and how about the Reds offense helping out their pitcher? in the top of the ninth inning. It was scoreless going into the ninth. They get three runs in the ninth inning. Wade Miley finishes off the no-hitter. Five no-hitters, if you include Madison Bumgarner. What, a month and a couple days into the season, Jeff? I mean, again, this look, it's awesome to to see these pitchers balling out like this, Tim. The one thing, though, and and, and it has been said plenty of times, and uh, my co-host on a weekend every once in a while, Josh Towers, has has said it, that the approach at the plate for a lot of these hitters now is just absolutely brutal. And It's home run or strikeout. It's home run or strikeout. All outs, a a strikeout is the same as anything else at this point, basically. Outwise, it doesn't matter if it's a, a productive out or not. They're all the same, so... Look, I, I think it speaks to just the approach of hitters is not good these days. The hitters shouldn't be worse. It should be an involvement, kind of like the NBA, where the players are better than they've ever been. Uh, Major League Baseball hitters are, I don't want to say they're worse than they were 10 years ago, but based off all the numbers, they're they are not hidden for contact at all. And you see, again, this many no-hitters this early in the season. Again, we're, Tim, we're on pace for 15 no-hitters right now. Yeah, and... Uh... The Indians were also no hit by the White Sox. Yes. Carlos Rodon yes, no two, hit them. Two, two in three weeks. <laughs> so per ESPN stats and information, the Indians are now just the third team in Major League Baseball history to get no hit twice before June, joining the likes of the 1917 White Sox and the 1884 Alleghenies. Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Yes, the, 1884 Alleghenies? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Alleghenies <laughs> uh, were no hit May 24th, 1884, by the Philadelphia Athletics. Al Atkinson threw the no hitter uh, on May 24th, 1884. And then the Columbus Buckeyes on May 29th, 1884, no hit the Pittsburgh Alleghenies again. So they were no hit twice in a week. So hey, it could be worse, Cleveland. You didn't get no hit twice in a span of seven days. Uh, but the second time, just the third time in Major League Baseball history that we have seen a the same team get no hit twice before June. The other one, as I mentioned, the Chicago White Sox. Get this, they got no hit back to back days, 
May 5th, 1917, the St. Louis Browns no-hit the White Sox. Ernie Kube threw the no-hitter. And then Bob Groom threw a no-hitter the next day against the White Sox on May 6th, 1917. I still can't get over the fact that there was a team named the Pittsburgh Alleghenies. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's... That's spectacular stuff. By the way, uh, doing some research on that Allegheny team, because I know that's what everyone came to the show for, Tim. Uh, 30 and 78, that team. Not a good baseball team, the Pittsburgh Alleghenies of 1884. But that is incredible, though. That, again, just speaks to what we're, we're talking about 1917, 104 years ago. We're talking uh, almost 140 years ago with the Alleghenies before Major League Baseball was even existed. That was the American Association with the Alleghenies. So, uh, again, it's it, it just is speaking to what the game is right now and the struggle for hitters. And and for comparison's sake, so we have four nine-inning no-hitters already here on May 7th. Five no-hitters if you include Madison Bumgarner's uh, seven-inning affair. Last year, I don't count, 60-game schedule. We had two no-hitters last year, Lucas Giolito and Alec Mills. In 2019, full season, we had a total of four no-hitters. And the first one, oddly enough, was on May 7th. Mike Fires threw a no-hitter for the A's against the uh, the Cincinnati Reds. In 2018, we had three no-hitters. 2017, one. 2016, one. So you look back, and this is unprecedented, the, uh, the start to this season with the amount of no-hitters. And I, I mentioned you have to go back to 1969. That was the... Uh, that was the earliest we had three no-hitters prior to this year when we had three no-hitters by May 5th, and now Wade Miley gets it done, the fourth no-hitter of the season. Yeah, so like 2015, there were seven, yeah. and I felt like there were a ton that year. And again, it's May 7th, and we have four with a chance at five already tonight because Manaya is still no-no through, uh, through seven there in Oakland, and the A's are threatening. It's on Seth Brown with a runner in second. In a nothing nothing game, but I mean, like here's the other thing in twenty in twenty fifteen, uh, you had the guys who threw no hitters. You had you had one. Chris Heston's one against the Mets was a bizarre one because Heston really had no major league success before uh, before that. Mm-hmm. Scherzer threw his perfect game that year and threw his second no hitter, which might have actually been better than the uh, or excuse me, threw his first no hitter. The fifth, he should have been perfect. Yeah, game. Jose Tabata yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second one, the last weekend of the season, legitimate guy. Cole Hamels threw his no-hitter that year, the only bright spot for the Phillies. Uh, Mike Fires threw his first one, multiple no-hitter guy. And Jake Arrieta won the Cy Young that year and threw a no-hitter in Cincinnati. So, Or, excuse me, threw a no-hitter in, in Los Angeles, I should say. But, look, uh, it, it just is, it, it just is it, it, like, again, like Carlos Rodon was a guy who had limited success going into this year, throws a no-hitter. Uh, Wade Miley, a guy who had been all over the place in his career, throws a no-hitter. Musgrove, who well, has always been good in Pittsburgh, he seems to have taken a leap in San Diego, no-hitter. And then John Means, who burst onto the scene last year, now one of the better pitchers in the American League right now. Uh, again, that no-hitter uh, two days ago. And now, uh, again, we have one, and we may have a second tonight. And uh, just uh, I'll reiterate uh, the stat that I mentioned prior to Wade Miley finishing this off. It is the shortest span between no-hitters since we had two no-hitters on the same day, June 29th, 1990, Dave Stewart and Fernando Valenzuela. So just two days in between no-hitters. John Means did it on Wednesday in Seattle for the Baltimore Orioles. Tonight, Wade Miley does so against the Cleveland Indians. Second time this year, the Indians have been no-hit. 
And uh, we are, what, seven innings clear of uh, Sean Mania with a no-hitter against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and right now the A's do have a man on second base. So for Mania's sake, hopefully the A's are able to uh, get a run home, and it looks like they will. Uh, RBI single here for the A's. The A's now have a one nothing lead in the bottom of the seventh inning, and uh, Sean Mania uh, now has that run. So he can go and go and take care of it. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I'm just laughing because it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, we're legitimately going to have a perfect record of of me being on this show with with no hitters, other than the Bumgarner seven inning no hitter. Which again, Johnny Avell is with us at the top of the next hour. Tim, we're going to have to plead with him to put that prop up whenever I'm hosting the show. Now, I think we're going to have to. I it's you know at some point these books. I mean, I guess they would just you know people would fire on it on a on a daily basis, but. You know, they probably at this point those odds would be so skewed in the favor of yes, but people would still take it, whatever the the plus price would be. I mean, odds wise, it should be you know massive, but should the be way thirty to one. That this yeah. the way this year has unfolded. Why not, Carlos Rodon? Uh, what is his line tonight? I mean, he he hasn't given up a run. This is a dude that had a no hitter already this year. White Sox are up three nothing on the uh, on the Royals in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, Rodon went six innings, five hits, eight Ks. ERA now a .58. Yeah, it's, it's insane. He's been awesome this year. So, another no-hitter. Uh, good news <laughs> for me, uh, the Portland Trailblazers and Lakers game You're is back at, within at the, the half. We're only down four at the Very half. Nice, we'll Tim. take that. We'll take that. The way this game was trending early on did not look ideal uh, for, for my play with the Portland Trailblazers uh, with the Lakers taking the eight. And uh, what do we got in uh, Utah and Denver? I'm I'm sweating profusely in this game now. Four and a half I'm getting with Denver. Utah up 121-117. And uh, Austin Rivers is going to go to the free throw line for a pair of free throws to try to get this to a two-point game. That has been a heck of a game. And that game has really slowed down offensively in the second half, though, in comparisons to where they were at at halftime. Because, again, it was 73-69 at halftime. And... So far in the second half, then it's 52-44 in the second half if you're just doing it by the half and 121-117 for the game uh, with Utah in front. I tell you what, Austin Rivers for Denver has really been playing well as, as, he, clangs the free as throw. he missed a free throw. But he had 25 in the revenge game earlier this week against his former team, the Knicks. And I, I thought he had some great comments after the game talking, you know, just, you know, I'll do whatever needs to be done. Um, and... Uh, tonight he's got 18 points now after the free throw is home for the Denver Nuggets. So 121-118, Nuggets and Jazz right now. Jeff sweating out that uh, that four and a half ticket there with uh, with the Utah Jazz. Uh, speaking of the Nuggets, let, let's sneak in this uh, because we were talking about the Suns. Their odds, uh, their exact of where their season could come to a close. Losing the first round, minus 110. Ooh. Losing the conference semis plus two ten, conference finals plus four fifty, NBA finals to lose plus nine hundred, and then to win it all at twenty five to one at BetMGM. So you're talking about a forty four and twenty two team, and the favorite odds on is for them to lose in the first round, which is interesting because right now their matchup would be the Dallas Mavericks. They're, I guess the thought is that they're going to hop the Clippers and draw the Lakers, but even so, that's not likely at this point. No, I, I would, I think that's, I think that's mispriced. I would say conference semifinals at plus two ten is is a good look there, uh, because if you're the, 
you know, you're the four seed in Denver. You're playing Utah in the second rounds. Um, if you're the four seed, if you're the three seed, you're playing Phoenix or Los Angeles in the second round. Um, but right now, Denver most likely plays Dallas. They would be a favorite against Dallas. Um, you know, Luca Luca has the capabilities of winning that series. There's no doubt. But if I'm playing that right now, that is pricing in the chance of them playing the Lakers. No doubt about it. But I, I think. At least basing off of what we know tonight, uh, the likelihood is they're they're avoiding the Lakers. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, haven't, I don't like that. It's, I'm kind of surprised at that. A minus one ten on the first round, especially if they play Dallas, they're going to beat Dallas in a seven game series. I, I feel pretty confident on that. Uh, that also indicates to me that Dallas is going to be a lot closer to being favored in that series than they probably should be. So that and might I think be people a, will bet it. Yeah, that, well, I, if that's the case, then I'll be betting Denver. If I have, if it's minus one thirty or anything south of that, I would be betting Denver. They're better than Dallas, even without Murray. Hey, we had another no hitter, Wade Miley, the fourth nine inning no hitter, fifth total no hitter, and we may get another tonight. Why not? Stick around. <laughs> it's the nightcap here on Vsin. not have two no-hitters tonight. What a disappointment. Wade Miley throws a no-no tonight for the Cincinnati Reds. By the way, Zach Plesak went eight scoreless, gave up three hits. Uh, That's a tough no decision there. Uh, Seven strikeouts for Plesak. He retired the last 15 batters he faced. Uh, The Reds score three runs in the top of the ninth inning. And uh, let's get an update, though. Uh, Once again, as I said, the no-hitter gone in Oakland. Mike Brousseau, the hero of the ALDS last year against the New York Yankees, leadoff double in the eighth. Bless you. You know, I'm just <laughs> when when no hitters are no lost, hit. I sneeze. That's what happens. Uh, so uh, Sean Manaya again, only 76 pitches so far through seven plus. So he's going to stay in this game. But now again, Oakland's only up one nothing here. So uh, potential trouble here for the A's. Uh, uh, Leading by a run in a uh, now a non-no-hitter game. And Wade Miley gets to keep the stage to himself tonight, Tim. Um, just a, a quick look around Major League Baseball right now. Uh, the Dodgers trailing the Angels 5-1 to one in the sixth. This Dodgers, I don't want to call them disappointing, uh, but I guess to, to the level of expectations. And it's so funny, we talked about, when you looked at the win total, as high as 104 in some spots. It is really hard, man, to win that many games. Has it happened before? Of course. But to expect that, you can't have starts like that, uh, like this. And, and you look at uh, the way the Dodgers have started the season, you could have grabbed the Angels at home. Uh, looks like at the Westgate at plus 156 at the closing number. And the Angels up 5-1 to one right now in the sixth. Yeah, the Dodgers, just they're just not... Not a good team at the moment. I know. And look, uh, it kind of goes back to what Mike was actually telling us, Mike Palm, when he was uh, here uh, drinking his Moscato at the beginning of the show. Crushing uh, his Moscato. uh, Crushing indeed. But look, the Dodgers, if they don't come back here, 17 and 16. For a Dodger team that was off to an absurdist start, 
A win total of 104, which, by the way, uh, again, I don't want to overreact here because we're only 33 games into right. a 162-game season, but that ticket, if you have an over 104, you're in you're, 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 in, big you're in big, big trouble already. So, look, it's just uh, very, very odd to see the Dodgers really just struggling like this so far. And uh, shutout gone for Sean Maniah. Now 1-1 one to one in Oakland uh, in the seventh inning. Uh, excuse me, top of the eighth. All right, let's get to basketball. Uh, as uh, the Lakers have uh, uh, trail by four at the half, and if you played Lakers plus four and a half in the first half, winner. Didn't think it was going to get there, but the Lakers outscore Portland by eight in the second quarter, and they lead 59. The Blazers lead 59 to 55 uh, at the half in Portland, a game of uh, of so much importance as we have uh, as we have hinted at with uh, with Portland and the Lakers trying to avoid the play-in. Uh, the Lakers, or excuse me, Portland coming into this game, winners of five of the last six. Anthony Davis, though, a strong first half, missed a couple of free throws, but 14 points, six boards, and four assists. So a very good first half. And, you know, if you're the Lakers, you love to see uh, this from Anthony Davis. Damian Lillard, 19 points in the first half. Norm Powell, 13 points in the first half as we take a look at some of the over-unders. Uh, so he is already, Anthony Davis, uh, exceeded his assist total for tonight in the prop market at three and a half, and he is just two rebounds away from going north of that. So if you played some Anthony Davis overs tonight, good start for you. Uh, and Damian Lillard, 19 points at the half, so also a good start for you if you played the Damian Lillard over. And this is a game uh, which is its first half total, 114. What's 59 plus 55? That will be 114. Right on the number. These odds makers. They, no, they're, they're pretty good at it's it. It's almost like uh, they, they know what they're doing. A four and a Think about that. The first half spread was four and a half. The total, 114. 59-55, which is essentially what they projected. And that's exactly what we had. Uh, and uh, the Knicks have a four-point lead right now over Phoenix. Ten and a half minutes to go. This one just underway in the second half. Uh, the Suns were a three-and-a-half-point first-half favorite in this one. And uh, at the half, the the Knicks had a, doing a quick math, seven-point lead. So you were able to cash that uh, for the Knickerbockers, who are covering machines, as are the Suns. And Julius Randle, 17 points, getting close to his uh, over-under. Devin Booker, though, slow start so far, just one of six from the field, and he has eight points. Only one no-hitter tonight. It's a bit disappointing. It's a shame. It's a bit disappointing. Sean and I, come on, man. (laughs) Only go seven without hits. Get you updated on uh, more of those exactas. Where will the Los Angeles Clippers end their season? Talk about that next right here on the Nightcap. any of our show or any of the vsin broadcasts be sure to check out our free vsin podcasts you can catch catch up on follow the money with mitch and paulie a numbers game or the lombardi line on the daily 
VEASAN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexanders, Beating the Book Pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights. Get PGA Tour betting previews on the long shots, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, and what the latest is in the NBA with JBT on Hardwood Handicappers. Whatever you are betting on, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free. VEASAN.com backslash podcasts or head to VEASAN.com and uh, check out all of that. I was all over the place. I looked on that uh, the graphic we had there. I was, uh, I was a little uh, out of sorts. Still uh, still shook that Sean Mania hasn't uh, has given up his no-hitter. Uh, so Wade Miley, no-hitter. Uh, if you're just joining us, another no-hitter. The fourth no-hitter of the season. Fourth nine-inning no-hitter. And right now, Lakers and Blazers, this has become a game. 64-62, uh, the Blazers still have the lead. This was a double-digit Blazers lead. Four-point lead at the half, and now a two-point game. Uh, Blazers have that two-point advantage. Damian Lillard, I believe, has 22 points already uh, in this one for the Portland Trail Blazers. The Knicks holding on to their lead. They lead 77-75. to The two best teams against the spread in the NBA going head-to-head tonight. Phoenix mounting that comeback. They trailed by seven at the half, and they are down uh, 77-75 now midway through the third quarter. Um you unfortunately. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I, I'm so toast in Sacramento right now. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you yeah. Went. I'm toast there. I, the, the, the Nugget one was bad too, which I think that was where you're going, right? Yeah, I was. I, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to poke. I was just trying to update. No, people. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. I'm. I mean, this. Oh, according late. according to DraftKings, I'm ahead though. How am I ahead right now in a total? That doesn't make any sense. Sixty-eight, sixty-seven right now, midway through the third quarter, mm. and you took over what? I had two fifteen and a half. I don't think I should be up four points oh. according to that line. That's interesting. Maybe you're not toast, Jeff. Well, maybe I'm not. Let's be optimistic. Let's believe. <laughs> Let's believe in our bets tonight. Just like the Lakers getting eight. It's a tie game with uh, eight forty-five to go in the third quarter. Sixty-four, sixty-four. Blazers and Lakers. Um, uh, let's wrap up. We, we've been kind of sprinkling in these exactas from BetMGM. Uh, let's go to the Clippers. Where will they bow out in the postseason? Losing in the first round is plus 175. Once again, the first round is the favorite. Losing in the conference semifinals, plus 275. Conference finals, 4-1. to one. NBA finals, plus 650. And uh, winning the NBA title, plus 525. I'll be honest, I, I kind of like them losing in the NBA Finals at plus 650. We talked a, a bit yesterday about the exactas that they had of, of matchups. One that intrigued me was Sixers and Clippers to meet in uh, in the Finals at 14-1. to 1. And earlier today, I took a bite at the Philadelphia 76ers apple at plus 355 to win the Eastern Conference here at Circa. Uh, most spots in town were on plus 325. You know, what you got to love about playing futures here at Circa is they have to watch out for the other side, right? It's well, two-way as opposed to most places where futures are one-way. So uh, here at Circa, not always, but more often than not, you get a better number uh, in the futures market because of that no on the other side. So uh, I went with the Sixers plus 355. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Clippers to lose in the NBA Finals at plus 650 uh, of the odds that we just showed uh, is the most intriguing to me. I'm very disappointed that they don't have one round before they're supposed to lose as an option, Tim. I'm very disappointed in that because that would be that would be the bet I would make on the Clippers one round before they're supposed to. 
Uh, but in all seriousness, Am though, I too bullish on the Clippers? I, I get it. They're going to burn me. I know. Uh, last I, year, I... Last year, it, it was so... It was pretty predictable last year because they had this... They had this mindset, this aura that hey, you know we're we're so good. Uh, we'll rest our guys. We've accomplished something. Yeah, Kawhi had won a title. Paul George is one of is trending to be one of the worst postseason players like of all time. Yeah, he is brutal, horrendous, brutal, brutal. Other than the, other than his early tenure in Indiana, where he's right. really good actually uh, against those LeBron Miami teams. But Tim, I. Again, the fashion they lost though was ridiculous. You're up three one against three one against Denver. You can't lose that series, and they did. The Clipper passed, came back, and bit them in the behind uh, in that series. This market's really difficult for me though because they're. You look at their draw. Let's assume the Lakers get the seven in this scenario. Okay, yep. let's assume they lose tonight and they get this and they have, fall into the play and get the seven. And the Clippers get the three in this scenario, okay? So you're looking at a conference potential. A conference, conference semifinal against yeah. the Lakers, where that series is going to be pretty darn close to a pick mm-hmm. if it's Clippers-Lakers, especially if it's a second-round series. The interesting one for the Clippers is, though, if Denver hops them, which a damaging loss for that tonight for Denver to hop the Clippers, even though I believe Denver has the tiebreak on them, if they end up on the uh, on the four line, get Dallas in the first round. That's a series where they beat Dallas last year in the playoffs, and they would be a significant favorite again to beat them. And then you would get, assuming Utah's the one, a series where the Clippers would be favored as the four seed. So that's where this is really difficult for me because it all depends on the draw. Because if they get the four, then I like you're losing the NBA final bet. Right. If they get the three, then it's well. They play the Lakers in the second round. I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers beat them. And also, too, hey, this, the is a, Suns. this is a Chris Paul revenge series if the Suns are playing the Clippers. So this is, by of the three that we've seen tonight between the Phoenix one and the, and the Denver one and mm-hmm. the Clippers, this is by far the most difficult for me to bet. Yeah. Um, and it's, once again, another situation where losing in the first round is is the shortest odds of all of them. Uh, winning the NBA title at plus 525. We have uh, we have time to briefly look at one last one, the Utah Jazz, uh, who had a nice win tonight. Um, you know, we, we know that the Jazz uh, will be without Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, I, you know, you look at the standings right now, Utah is currently in first place in the Western Conference. So... You're probably playing Golden State or Memphis, so to lose in the first round plus two thirty. I know it's juicier odds for them to lose in the conference finals, but there's a reason losing in the conference semis is the favorite at two to one. And like in the scenario you just painted, where it's the Clippers, I think without without Donovan Mitchell, or yeah, I mean he's he's he'll, 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 he'll be, be ready for yeah, the he'll be ready to play. Yeah. So the, will he be fully healthy? That's the question. What would you? What do you like here? I would only bet the conference semifinal. The tricky thing with this is what happens if the Lakers fall to the eight, which right. is also possible. It is possible. We'll get you updated on that Lakers Blazers game. Dive in a little NFL talk too. The NFC East always an interesting division. We'll take a look at those odds next, right here on the Nightcap.
looking to hire, Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. You know, I, I've been wanting to talk football for, for quite some time, but these games just keep getting in my way. Wade Miley throws a no-hitter. We've got You've got action in-game on Sacramento and San Antonio. Uh, we've got Knicks and Suns going on. The Lakers lead now over the Blazers, 73-72. I've got the Lakers plus eight. Uh, so quick update. People need to know, you took an in-game over on Spurs and Kings. Yes. It is 81-78 after three quarters. That is... 159 points. Your in-game over was what? 215 and a half. So you need 57 points in the fourth quarter. I am curious to see what this live total is right now because I feel like I'm. it's probably going to be right on the number. 216 and a half, juiced under. There you go. Basically on the number I have. And just for just so you know, the third quarter just had 58 points. in it. I need overtime. I feel like I'm going to need overtime here, which wouldn't be shocking because it's a three-point game between two teams that are, are, again, in a fight for the 10 seed, which, by the way, Tim, I did not realize this until I legitimately looked at it during the break. If the Kings win tonight, the Kings are a game and a half behind San Antonio for the 10, with New Orleans' season basically over because of the Zion and Ingram injuries concurrently. And Sacramento's next two games are Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City. So two wins, they're going two games that they're going to be Significant favorites in two games that they'll probably win. Yeah, because Oklahoma City. Because Oklahoma City's not trying. So, look, it, it is not impossible that the Kings, coming from way the heck back, could end up with the 10 seed in the Western Conference. They've got to win tonight. Yeah, they have to win this game up three going to the fourth. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll keep an eye on Jeff's bet. I've got the Lakers plus the eight tonight. They lead 73-72. It's been stuck on that score here. For a little bit. The Knicks still have that lead. 85-81. One minute to go against the Phoenix Suns. I'm kicking myself for that one. Looked at it. Talked about it. Did a did a hit with my buddy Mike uh, Jenks, Michael Jenkins, on his show. Uh, and I said, uh, look, I, I, you know, six and a half. I, I like that for the Knicks. But I didn't play it. And right now they lead by seven late in the third quarter. So that's, uh, that is uh, frustrating. Is that Kyle Guy? Banging threes, sure look, Sacramento, sure Sacramento looked, Kings, sure looked like it. Uh, hey, look, uh, we tied Jerome yesterday for Oklahoma City. Those those champs from UVA are doing some things right now uh, in uh, in the NBA. Yeah, we uh, we we got two threes on the first two possessions of the half, and another. Okay, you know what? Good. Now everyone everyone's starting to soften the defense a little bit here. We got a shot. We got a good shot. All of a sudden, let's make, let's make Jeff happy. Yeah, make on. me make me a little bit happy here. Uh, uh, for that Denver plus four and a half, covering most of the game, going by the wayside late. All right, well, let's uh, we'll get back to all the NBA action. Johnny Avello is going to join us top of the hour as well. Always love chatting with Johnny Avello. Curious the handle on uh, on the uh, Canelo Alvarez fight this weekend. Uh, you know, we had Derek in to start the show, and and they're going to need Canelo because your your average dude or lady uh, who is who's firing on that fight, they're not laying eight dollars. They should. They shouldn't. I mean, I mean, Canelo's not losing. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. It would be. It would also be bad for. It would be really bad for. Uh, for the. Uh, I'm blanking on the streaming service that always airs the zone. The zone. It would be very bad for them if he lost this fight. Uh, but uh, I will say, Tim. Uh, I, I know we'll talk about it a little bit later. But I'm very intrigued 
on one prop in that fight. And you and I talked about it decision? before. The win by decision at plus money was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, Canelo winning by decision. Yeah, it's like plus, uh, plus 117, I think, last yeah, year Yeah, I was a little, bit, little surprised that that was not actually the favorite. Because uh, knockout was... Uh, minus 115, I believe it was, a last check. By the way, the Suns ended the third quarter on a 9-0 run. So the Suns Oof. lead at 90-88 to going into the fourth quarter against the Knicks. So a great game there. Um, one division that's always fascinating as we pivot to football, the NFC East. It, it is always, it, you rarely see a repeat champ. I don't think we've seen a repeat champ in, in over a decade, Jeff, in that division, if if my memory serves me correct without looking it up. I'll, I'll get the exact numbers here in just a moment. You've got Dallas. You know, the, the, the thought is going to be with talent and, and all of that, they're the favorites at plus 125. Football team, Washington, <laughs> at plus 260. The Giants at 4-1, to one, and the Eagles, rightfully so, uh, are at plus 450, I think maybe even should be further back. I, I've heard some people make a a pitch that the Giants at 4-1 to one are an intriguing play. Man, you know, well, first off, I'll say this with the odds. I, I understand there's always going to be a, a slant with newer jurisdictions just because New Jersey and Pennsylvania are huge betting centers right now on those uh, Pennsylvania uh, teams because the Eagles should not be plus 450. They should be further down the board, at least to me. Um, But look, it's here's the thing with the Giants. If you think Daniel Jones takes the leap this year, it is in play because they they actually do all right in their cross games. They get the Dolphins on the road, which, let's face it, Tim – the game in Miami could very easily be a 50-50 split on the fans there That's true. Uh, for a giant road game in Miami. So, look, it's not impossible to see the path. I don't think Daniel Jones is any good. I don't think he's, he's going to have an average year, and I don't think that's going to be good enough to win this division. The other the two teams at the top, Dallas, I understand why they're favored, but at some point, Dallas, you got to show me something. Uh, and, and I know last year was just a bizarro season for them because of the Prescott injury and they lost all those games early in the season when Dak was even healthy, and then it was just a mess from there because Dalton stunk. Washington, to me, has by far the best defense in this division, by far. They have really good underrated weapons. And Terry McLaurin, if Terry McLaurin was on the Cowboys, people would be, would be considering Terry McLaurin a top 10 NFL wide receiver. Yeah, I was listening to uh, our, our buddies at PFF, uh, George Shahuri and, and Eric Eager on their podcast, and they said, I think it was it was George who said Terry McLaurin's the best receiver in the NFC East. I yeah, I think I, I mean, think you got he Amari is. Cooper yeah. in Dallas. You got it depends Kenny, on, Kenny Galladay in New York on, on the Dallas, Giants. Yeah, hey, look, I to me we kind of talked about this last night with Washington. They got the worst draw of anyone with the extra game added because they get to go to Buffalo. That's a horrendous draw because yep. that's a game that they're going to be going to probably be close to a touchdown underdog in. Uh, assuming uh, assuming the Bills are even about 25% as good as they were a year ago. So that hurts. But look, in the end here. And we find out, uh, we find we find out, it out on, next week? on Wednesday. Yeah, next you week. Know, is that a, a December game or is it a September game? Again, please put that game on Monday Night Football. That's all I'm going to say. Please put that game on Monday Night Football. And, and that Dallas, deserves a single window. Look, look Dallas, 
got no favors either because the no, NFC they got to go to New England. <laughs> the NFC East is traveling to the AFC East for that 17th game, and yeah, they got New England. Yeah, certainly going to be improved, we believe, this year. So entering the year, Washington's game is more challenging. Uh-huh. Um, but, but Dallas is good. Dallas being is, more challenging. Is, yeah. is not not a cakewalk. Uh, by any stretch, honestly, no. The, the it's weird to say because the AFC East obviously has been a punching bag for all these years because it was New England and nobody else except for the few years that right. the Jets were making their two AFC Championship games in 2009 and 2010. But look, it, it, that division is much better than it's been, and especially now with New England significantly improving from a year ago. You think Miami's a legitimate playoff team? I do. And it wouldn't shock again. Even though I don't like, they don't think they're as as good as you think they are. It wouldn't shock me. They if got Miami talent. Make, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. If Miami goes ten and seven and makes the playoffs in the wild card. Ten and sixteen last year. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all. So look, it, 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 the NFC East did get a bad draw with this, and especially with the NFC teams across the board going on the road this year, it doesn't help things. The only one who kind of got lucky was the Eagles, but we don't I, expect. Much I, I mean, that. I that Jet Eagle game feels like a game that they're going to be. Well, we don't have to put this game on national TV. Both of these teams need primetime games. Let's put them on an early season Thursday night game in the Meadowlands. Well, and I just want to go back to, I shortchanged it. The last time we had a team win the NFC East in back-to-back years. Go ahead. It was the Eagles when they won from 01 to 04. Wow. We have not had a repeat champ in the NFC East. So Washington won it last year. Cross them off, baby. They ain't winning it again. That's wild. Um, but I, at those odds, you know, in South Point, when they opened these this week, uh, Chrissy came on, Chris Andrews, to talk about the odds that dropped. They clearly respect Washington here at the South Point or at the South Point in town mm-hmm. at plus 225. Those are significantly, not significantly, but they are shorter than what is currently at DraftKings at plus 260. You know, plus uh, you could get a better number on the Cowboys, and you can get a better number on the Giants at the South Point. Eagles are the same, and the number is shorter on Washington, and I don't disagree with that. It, it all comes down to Ryan Fitzpatrick. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, it, it's kind of like what you said with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. If we get the gunslinger that you know was stealing Deshaun Jackson's wardrobe to start the year down in, what was that? Was Tampa. It, when it was in was Tampa. Tampa. Um, with the weapons that they have in McLaurin, remember they signed Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. They get Deami Brown in the third round, so they just got a ton of speed right now. Washington does. Um, another year for Antonio Gibson. I got questions about their tight end position, but that's not the end of the world. They upgraded a little bit in the offensive line, trading for Eric Flowers, bringing him back. Obviously, we know about that defense. The only play I would make, I would look a little bit at the at the Giants. Um, at uh, what was it? Plus four, plus four hundred, plus four hundred. There, you can do better elsewhere, though. So, look again. It's it's just one of those where you are right. It depends on the quarterback playing this division, and, and if you're and, Cal- and, and the Cowboys the have Cowboys, the best quarterback. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. If you're betting this solely on quarterbacking, you're betting Dallas at a slight plus price. But I also like the coaching staff in Washington much more. The coaching staff in Dallas and in New York, for that matter. So. I think it's an intriguing plus price. Johnny Avello going to join us top of the next hour. We'll get you updated on Blazers, Lakers, Suns, Knicks. Stick around. It's the nightcap on a Friday here on Visa. 